0: Uh, so first of all, before we jump into all things she today, how are you holding up during the quarantine?
1: Yeah, you know, I am uh, I am doing my best, which is all that any of us can do. Um, I, I feel very lucky uh, we're fostering kittens right now, so oh. they have proven to be a very good uh, distraction from the news and everything else that's going on. So I recommend it if you can, uh, adopting or fostering animals. They are the best thing in life. Oh my god. Well, I mean, that's kind of a great thing, too. Yeah. Good news is, is important where we can find it.
0: Yeah, one silver lining. Um, staying kind of on the theme of this of this quarantine, on a practical side, has this affected your team's production schedule at all, or did you guys pretty much have everything in place before everything hit?
1: production for a while. I uh, my last day was back in early December. So um, aside from the promotion side, which fortunately managed to get a lot of that done before the lockdown went into effect, um, the show itself has been has been wrapped up well before uh, this started happening.
0: And well, that kind of takes me to my next question, other than that kind of nuts and bolts question, but was the plan always for a five-season run to bring she to a close? And if so or if not, were there any kind of major changes along the way? Uh,
1: so the plan was always for 52 episodes. Uh, I don't think we knew from the start how many episodes would be in in each season but for us it was basically a two season order so two seasons of 26 episodes um, basically when I pitched the show I pitched it as if it were 52 episodes Netflix had already picked up the first 26 even before I pitched it and then I pitched them the second chunk of 26 episodes and they picked up that second season so all that happened years ago um, and uh, and so yeah it was really great to be able to just like have this roadmap in place to know where the show was going and where the characters were going in broad strokes. There definitely were still surprises, um, and evolutions along the way. Like I always just try to like stay in tune with where the characters are, where it feels like they're going. And some of the characters are you know, they always it feels like they always surprise me or they or they end up doing their own thing in a way that I didn't expect. So, I feel like Shadow is always one of those characters. I never really know what she's going to be doing uh, in any given season. So, just trying to like, you know, follow those threads uh, into the most interesting places we can.
0: I feel like that definitely comes across uh, from a fan perspective too, because anytime Shadow Weaver kind of shows up on screen, uh, I, I kind of like, I focus in just a little bit more to just be like, okay, what, what kind of craziness is coming up next, <laughs> or what direction are we going in now? Um, <laughs> Speaking of craziness, sure. exactly, which you have to have one at least. Um, yeah. You mentioned talking about you know how long you've been with the show in uh, pre-production and, and going through your, your pitch process and all that. It's a little crazy to me still that we've had all these episodes play out in just the space of eighteen months. Now these days, eighteen months feels like hundred years. But has it set in yet that everything is kind of coming to a close? Everything's wrapping up. Has that has that feeling set in? And and how are you reacting to that?
1: set in in like lots of ways. I think it will continue uh, to happen. There's always like it's, it's interesting being a showrunner because you have a little piece of every part of the production. So for me the show has been ending for a year now. I think our first crew started rolling off at the very end of uh, 2018. Um, and so I, I've been having to say goodbye to crew members as their, their roles on the show wrap up and they roll off. And, like, you know, realizing that you're doing it for the last time, it's like that has just been happening for a while now for me, which is, you know, it's it's very bittersweet because it's always, like, it's great that everyone came to the show, like, you know, that they managed to, you know, make it that far with us and stay and and be able to, you know, make the thing that we're all so proud of together. So it's like, I think it's a lot of, like, bittersweet feelings like that where I'm like I'm so proud of how far we've come and what we've managed to make and it's also like you know it's it's sad it's sad to say goodbye um but I think at the end of the day it's just like I'm I'm really glad that we made the show that we did and I'm glad that we're ending it on our terms and that I think that it's just a really it's a really really succinct wrap-up of everything we were trying to do with this show and so it's great to like just be able to have made this very self-contained thing. Um, so I it's a lot of, I am going to continue to keep getting hit with uh, moments of sadness as I realize that, like, you know, I've done one more thing for the last time. But mostly I'm just really, really excited to, you know, be able to share this entire show beginning to end with viewers and fans.
0: Exactly. And not to put you on the spot, but because this is one of the last times we'll probably get to talk about Shira ra uh, during its, you know, current run. Are there any people on your creative team, your production team, your support team that you'd like to, you know, take a moment to give a shout out to? Any big contributors that maybe don't get to share the spotlight very often? Anyone you want to highlight? Oh, my
1: God. <laughs> I would like to highlight every single member of the crew. Right. I, I am so lucky to have been able to to work with the people that I've been able to work with. Um, I mean, shout out to Josie Campbell, our story editor. Shout out to Jen Bennett and Kiki Manrique, our two uh, directors. Uh, shout out to Liz Kesson, our art director. Uh, and shout out to Phil Lomboy and Michelle uh, McMillan, our editors. Uh, there are so, 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 so many people I would like to thank. I could go on for. Hours, honestly <laughs> i every every single person who worked on this show and has touched it in any way it's like you know they've brought something so special and so specifically them to it and i could not feel luckier or more grateful
0: it really does take a village or a small army uh, to pull something like this off so i you know i to our listeners out there, always recommend watching through the credits, even if you have to kind of manipulate the Netflix menus a little bit, stick around for the credits and always pay attention to the crew teams and, and give them their, their moment to shine. But uh, speaking of, of a cast member who you mentioned in a previous chat, I definitely want to carve out some space to talk about Keston John's incredible performances this season. Um, you teased it before oh and he absolutely delivered on it. So what can you say about his uh, performances for this oh, final season? Yeah.
1: What? Keston performed this season was like, I think, like one of, one of the great honors of my lifetime. Uh, you know, we cast him as Kordak because of the, just the amazing, beautiful quality of his voice and kind of the richness and the fullness that his voice brought. But finding out just how versatile he is as an actor and how many different types of characters he can play, because he plays, not just Hordak, not just Lord Prime, but every single one of those clones. And he brings a new personality to all of them. Uh Ronak is one of my favorite characters this season <laughs> and uh I am just like watching him perform a more comedic role in between being absolutely terrifying at four time. And and then, you know, oddly empathetic and uh, strangely lovable as Wardak, it is like, it's just, I mean, it's whiplashy for sure, because I'm like, I'm watching the same guy who's brewing all these different flavors within minutes of each other, but it is like, it is an incredible thing to watch. Um, I think there's one episode later in the season where casting voices approximately 60% of the characters <laughs> in the episode. And it's not just Horde Prime, Hordak, and the clones, but also several villagers. Uh, and it's just it's like, you know, the fact that he can do that. And it's just like, manages to sound completely different for every single one. And just bring something new to every single one. He is an incredible talent.
0: It was one of the absolute joys uh, of the show overall, but specifically this season. Um, one of the other ones that I, I always kind of enjoy looking for in a season of Shira is which characters from the original series you and your team are going to kind of adapt and bring into the, the modern version. So a few spoilers here for people listening who maybe haven't seen this season yet. But uh, season five features star siblings. We get Pika Blue and uh, Melog, if I'm saying that name correctly. so. What can you talk about the process of maybe finding your contemporary show's version of the supporting characters?
1: I think it's really fun for us. Like all of the writers, um, we pull up like, you know, we have a couple of art books and like kind of lore books from the original Masters of the Universe run in the writers' room. We watch a lot of the original episodes and we just consult Wiki Grayskull all the time. Um, and so I think whenever we find ways to incorporate elements of the original lore that we feel like we can bring a new twist to, um, in a way that will support our show in the best way possible, we get really excited to do that. So, Star Siblings for characters that, like, we wanted to use for a long time, um, and I think that, like, they, like... They're really, really cool in the original show. I think they only appear really briefly in one episode in the original show. And so to give them a little bit more of a moment um, to shine here, just to bring them into this new version was really fun. Uh, Milag, I think, was... I'm especially excited for people to meet Milag. Um, we were very enamored of, actually, Claudine, who was... Um, Katra's pink lion in the in some of the original. I don't think in the show, but I think in some of the books. Oh, interesting. Of uh, I don't think it's in the show, uh, but it's the pink lion that, which we couldn't use exactly because it's almost identical to the one in Stephen Universe. But um, <laughs> we really wanted to bring in kind of an animal companion like that for Katra, especially since know ends up kind of functioning as her therapy animal season. Um But then we just like we were looking for another kind of. Um, role to give uh, that uh, animal companion to. And finding love who was more of like a, like a goal of a shape-shifting type character in the original, more of a monster, and it felt like it fit really well with the kind of alien world that we were just touching on a little bit in this season. And we wanted to give, uh, kind of combine those concepts and create a new kind of like powerful, shape-shifting alien who could be an ally to them. Um, yeah, and then Peekaboo, I think, uh, one thing that I love about Peekaboo um, is that the princess in the original, she has uh, huge peacock feathers, but those are actually, she has male peacock feathers, and so the idea of having a male princess was very exciting to us, um, and of course there's a twist on that, but uh, it was, it's been something that I've wanted to do since the first season, so it was exciting to finally get to do it.
0: Fantastic. And yeah, there's some great twists and and turns that come throughout the season. Now, granted, I've only had a chance to check out the first ten episodes, so I'm kind of dying to see the final three with everybody else out there. Um, What can you maybe tease about Adora's arc in this final season? Because we spend a lot more time with Adora than we do the title character of She-Ra in an interesting kind of twist. Yeah, I
1: think for for Adora, it's it's very interesting because she always... Throughout the entire show, we've seen that she's kind of willing to give up her autonomy at any point in order to further a goal or to make sure that justice is served, or even just to make sure that she's useful to other characters and that she feels like she is she's helping, that she's doing something worthwhile. And I think that her personal sense of self always comes last for her. And I think this season, we see her kind of learn that lesson over and over again, but I think that there's sort of a a integral part of her own personality that never quite get the direct. And so even when she knows that she sacrifices Shira at the end of season four and moving into this new season she no longer has this kind of set in stone destiny that she thought she did. And so learning to kind of like be heroic in her own way as a Dora is a big is, is very important for her But she still, I think, is struggling with this hero complex, with this need to kind of sacrifice herself and her own wants and desires and downplay those as much as as possible in order to be this helpful person, in order to save people. And I I think there's a story that I don't think we get to see very often because it's a, a tricky one to tell. It's a little bit complicated. But the fact that people who sacrifice so deeply of themselves, I think they're doing it. That help other people to make other people happier but if you love that person who is always sacrificing making those deep deep sacrifices of themselves that can actually really hurt the people who love them and sometimes like people who just want to be everything to everybody they end up being there enough for the people who really care about them the most and so like I, I love really to get into that with her and explore that with her and the way that she just sort of starts, like, that she'll always kind of push herself too far and always kind of start breaking down in, in terms of her own self-confidence and her own sense of autonomy and showing that through the eyes of her friends, the people who love her the most, um, which is, I think, a story that we've been dancing around for the entire show, but this is really where it comes to a head.
0: Yeah, and I love everything I've seen about her story so far, not just this season, but the entire series so far, so I really can't wait to see kind of how it comes to a conclusion and a resolution. But, before I run out of time with you, a quick sidestep on a related Netflix note. It was recently announced, Netflix and Boom Studios have a first look TV deal, so I have to ask, any hope or progress on on a Lumberjanes project on the horizon?
1: Uh, Hopefully we will have some news fairly soon, but that is all I can say
0: for now. Fair enough. My last question for you today, unfortunately, (laughs) what are you hoping that fans get out of this uh, fifth and final season, and do you have a farewell message or or thank you to the fans of She-Ra out there?
1: Uh, I really hope that fans who have taken this journey with us um, and have come to love the characters the way that we love the characters, I, I hope that this season not only wraps up those arcs in a satisfying way but also opens uh your imagination for what comes next and what i really want to see is the inspiration that people who watch this and it meant something to them can take into the future to create new stories whether it's fan works or whether it's an original story i i want to see People act on that inspiration, and and to you know keep these characters in their heart as they go forward, um, and and hopefully, you know, just take a little bit of, of of that love forward because I know that these characters are always going to be a part of me, and because it reminds me of this time and, and the time that I spent with everyone on the casting crew and with the fans. These characters are. They feel very real to me, and I'm going to miss them very much, but I also, I don't think they'll ever really be gone. People, you know, they remember this show fondly, and that it inspires them to, you know, create something new. So, thank you to everybody who's come this far with us. It has been the honor of a lifetime to bring this show to you, so thank you from the bottom of my heart.
0: Uh, for, for myself, it has been an absolute pleasure and a privilege to get to talk to you um, through this journey with she and also to enjoy the show itself. So on behalf of myself, the team at Collider, the team at Saturday Morning Cartoons, just want to say thank you to you and your team for She-Ra and the Princesses of Power and best of luck with whatever comes next.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thanks again and take care.